Let us pray. Christ, our King, enter in, and may your word live in us and bear much fruit to your glory. Amen. Let's imagine for a moment that the Christian message is a song or a piece of music. What kind of music is it? Of course, it would depend on who you ask. Some would say it's an old ditty, the Christian message, an old ditty that your grandparents used to like, but not relevant to the young people today. Some might say it's an ancient Middle Eastern tune that makes no sense in the modern West. It just feels foreign. Some might say it's heavy metal or punk rock. How? Well, Jesus challenges the status quo. He intends to shock. There's no doubt about it. Some might say, like a carol, comforting, hopeful, but seasonal, not relevant to the rest of the year or to my life. Not ultimately, not really. If the Christian message, and that's the one we want you to hear, if the Christian message is a song, what kind of song is it? Now, I don't know, but I want to contend to you this evening that whatever it is, it is sublime, it is hopeful, it is healing, it is comforting, but it's also challenging, profoundly challenging, disturbing, if you understand it correctly. Herod knew that, for it requires humility to hear it. It means you aren't on the throne of your life and it results in a changed life for the person who sings it. Tonight I want to explain the Christian message through music, although I am no musician. So forgive me if I make a comment that appears off key. But I want you at the end of this message to hear the song, that is to respond to the message, maybe even to hear it for the first time, to take bread and wine, maybe for the first time as a believer in Jesus Christ, perhaps even having treasured these things over many, many years or decades in your heart, like Mary did. But to hear it, you're going to have to cut out all the other noise. Living in 2023, you'll hear a million voices, a dizzying array of ideas, and loud opinions getting louder, especially with the rise of social media. I don't know how our young people sift through it all. You could call the world today a cacophony. That is a noisy, harsh discordance of competing ideas. I mean, what many believed only a couple of years ago is now cancelled. But there is something powerful about the Christian message, something enduring. For many of us, it's not just another noisy voice, but rather it is God cutting through the cacophony. For in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is a truth that precedes all others, and it's not just it's 2023, and now we know better, U.S. theologian Paul Tripp wrote of this cacophony. He said, God has given us his truth, his word, so that it would 
make sense out of life for us. He knew that we would never properly understand life on our own. He also knew that in this fallen world, there will be a din of voices. Isn't that true? A din of voices, all vying for our hearts, all considering the same set of facts, yet each giving them a different meaning. God's word was given to cut through all the confusion and explain life for us. What did we just hear? The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. We are here tonight to listen to this symphony of grace and truth in the birth of Jesus, in the life of Emmanuel, God with us. And I want to explain this song briefly through these parts of music, the pause, the tempo, the staccato, the crescendo, the diminuendo, and finale, finish. Now I have the Vox Choir to help me, aren't they amazing? I have the Vox Choir to help me, and so they're going to just demonstrate each of these in turn with the help of Liz Scott. Firstly is pause or arrest, like this. Secondly, the tempo is, of course, about time and speed. Here is fast or allegro. And here is slow or lento. The staccato is each note sharply detached from the others, like this. The crescendo is the slow, gradual build in volume and intensity that brings everything to a powerful, climactic peak. And the diminuendo, a decrease in loudness or intensity. And fine is the finish. Amen. Aren't they good? You've just got to give them a clap. <laughs> so firstly, the pause. That is this moment right here, right now, here tonight, is a moment to pause. Here you are. A moment of rest above the cacophony. The song of the saving love of God has existed since before the world began. It predates matter with the love the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit share, but it has its key expression in the life of Jesus. And so tonight we go to, O oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie, to a quiet night, and by faith, by faith we peer into a manger where a mother laid her baby, and we sing with the choir of angels, do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Is that the song? He is the dawn of redeeming grace. I'm so glad you're here and pausing. Tempo. 
The life of Jesus is not just a flat piece of music. There is tempo in the thousands of years of prophecy that precede the life of Jesus and of the redeeming acts of God in the world recorded in Holy Scripture. The Gospels aren't the beginning of Christianity. Jesus is not the founder of Christianity. Rather, the Gospels are the fulfillment of the story of God, the divine symphony recorded in the Jewish scriptures that we Christians call the Old Testament. And there are slow parts in the piece of music, periods of time of suffering and silence from God, so helpful to you and to me in perhaps the season you're in right now, like waiting in Egypt or in exile, where it was hard to sing the songs of the Lord in a foreign land. And there are fast points in the story, like the exodus out of Egypt and the reign of King David. Thousands of years of revelation, they are looking for a new song, a new song. That's what Peter is saying in our epistle tonight when he said, concerning this salvation, the prophets of old, who spoke of the grace that was to come to you in the future, they searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances which the spirit of Christ in them Do you see that? The Spirit of Christ was in them. And he was pointing in them, was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glory that would follow. I tell you, even angels long to look into the things that you're singing about tonight. When Jesus said his first recorded words in his adult ministry, the kingdom of God is at hand. This was a high point drawing on Jewish scriptures, moving in increasing tempo towards his death and his resurrection. Staccato, staccato is boom, boom, boom. These are points in the story, clear verses in the Old Testament that predict the coming or the suffering of the long-awaited Messiah, brief verses that you can't ignore that predate Jesus, and it's because of some of these verses that I currently believe and walk behind Jesus Christ today. For example, he will be a child born. You see that? And that child will be called Mighty God. Boom. He will be born to a young girl. We find out a virgin. And that child will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Boom. He will be born in Bethlehem, something Herod seeks to find out. O Bethlehem, though you are small, out of you will come for me a ruler whose origins are from old, from the beginning, from ancient times. Boom. And yet at the same time, he will die an unjust death. He, an unnamed servant in Isaiah, hundreds of years before Jesus, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Boom. That's what you remember if you choose to come to the table tonight. And he will be raised from Isaiah the prophet. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Boom, staccato. All Old Testament, all about Jesus. The prophet searched intently. The angels longed to look. Crescendo. The high point in the story begins in the birth of Jesus. God shows up to Joseph, to Zechariah, and to Mary. He sent angels to say, do not be afraid. They always say that. God has come to help his people. 
And to Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. C.S. Lewis of Narnia fame says this, he says, the central miracle asserted by Christians is the incarnation, the pre-incarnate son taking on flesh. They say that God became man. Every other miracle prepares for this, or exhibits this, or results from this. Every other miracle prepares for this, like the Exodus out of Egypt, revealing that God always redeems. He can even free you tonight. Every other miracle exhibits this, like, for example, say to those with fearful hearts, Prophet Isaiah, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come to save you. Then when he comes, the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. The gospels are full of Jesus doing just this. And every other miracle results from this. His death was a very earthy death with miraculous power. His death for my sin, of which I have plenty of it. His resurrection was a miraculous resurrection. I say that like there's another kind. To give me new life, though I don't deserve it. And he is now ruling, currently, as my Lord and Saviour, I have no other. Did you see Greg Sheridan this morning? The journalist, he, he, he says, I quote, here's one way of looking at Christmas. In order to get our attention, eternity in the person of Jesus, pierce the veil of time. C.S. Lewis said that God entered the world so quietly, so secretly, because he was in entering the Roman Empire the empire of temporal power and earthly cruelty infiltrating behind enemy lines to win a war to save me. And I've been saved. The life of Jesus is the crescendo of hope, which leaves us with the diminuendo. The moment after the crescendo is the choice we all face in the quietness or busyness of our own lives, in light of the high point of the life of Jesus, how then will you live? I love how diminuendo sometimes follows the crescendo in a way that satisfies the human spirit. It's not less important, even though it goes quiet from a high point. The choice we all face is what we do in light of this news. In the first instance, how silently how silently the wondrous gift is given. But in the same way, so God imparts currently to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. Quietly then, quietly tonight. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, this cacophony, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Will you let him in? But why should you? Because lastly, finish. There is an end to come, a day of judgment. This is why the news is sobering. When Christ, this same Lord, will judge the quick and the dead. We said it a moment ago. And this is embedded into the song from the beginning. 
not in that poor lowly stable with the oxen standing by. We shall see him but in heaven, set at God's right hand on high, where like stars his children crowned, all in white shall wait around. A word to those who believe, to those who believe in him. He gave the right to become children of God. There is a new song, the book of Revelation says, that only the redeemed can sing. Only some in this room know it, and others don't. Do you know God? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? It was Jesus that said, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Jesus also said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. I believe the song, and I believe the music is sublime. And we want you to join us in January 14, 21, and 28. Is that right, Tom? For Hope Explored, you've got the card in your orders of service. We want you to join us in January for our services. And we want you to take a Bible with you home tonight. It's got a bow on it, it's for you. And my test is this, take it home if you know right now that in your mind, you can't locate an easy-to-read English Bible within two minutes of walking into your front door. Take it, take it, take it. I believe the song is hopeful, healing, and comforting, but also challenging and disturbing, for it requires humility to hear it and a changed life as a result of singing it. Let me leave you with a word from the Apostle Paul. May the God of hope fill you, not just at Christmas, but through your whole life, May that God fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.